This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today we're visiting with Jim Cole on Turner Mill in Silvercliff. Jim's been in the Valley for 29 years. He retired after a career in Indianapolis, where he was the president of a truck body company. And before that, he was a line officer in the Navy for four years. Jim is a mechanical guy. And if you're familiar with the uh, tower clock down in Canyon City, Jim restored that uh, using equipment at the Turner Mill. Under full disclosure, Jim and I are members of the same book club. Jim, welcome to the program. Thank you. So let me just uh, start off. Uh, What's the best book or two that you've read in the last year? Anything come to mind? The best book? Well, it's a book that actually was not in our book club. It was called Sleepwalkers. It's a fairly new book, and it's a very comprehensive introduction to the diplomatic history of which led up to the uh, First World War. Now, Jim, I know you're especially interested in history. We do a lot of that in the book club. And the Turner Mill falls into that category, certainly. Now, for folks unfamiliar with the Turner Mill, tell them where physically it sits. Well, if you were standing at uh, the old the country store, which is a gas station and convenience store, and you looked directly north up on a little hill, just past, you would be looking past this tire store, you would see a bunch of old buildings up there, and that is the Turner Ore Mill. How long have you been involved with the Turner Mill? Since 2000. And you purchased this along with uh, Dick Sturmer, I, I understand, uh, to, to preserve it? Yes. And what was it about the Turner Mill that uh, caught your attention? How it came about was there was a fellow named Henry Alt, A-U-L-T, who once owned the Turner Mill, and then he sold it. And, and I don't know who he sold it to, but that's the person we bought it from. And he was very concerned that it be preserved. And both Dick and I were interested in historic preservation. So that is why we decided to buy it, because we were afraid that the person who then owned it might tear it down or change it into a restaurant or something like that. Now, when did it operate and for how long did it operate? It operated about a pretty short period of time, about four years. The construction started in 1952. The construction was completed in 1954, and uh, they ceased operation in 1958. Hmm. Now, thinking about the the Turner Mill, what were the operations connected with the mill, and, and what was its purpose? The purpose of the Turner Mill was to build a what's called a differential flotation mill, and the uh, idea behind it was that it was not to mine silver, which, of course, was the common mm-hmm. uh, goal of miners in uh, the hard scrabble mining area. But the, the idea that uh, the Turner family had was to use this new process, which was a more efficient extractor of ores, and go through tailings. Uh, and they weren't looking for silver. They were looking for lead, zinc, and copper. Was this ever a successful venture, would you say? Well, I think it may have been for perhaps a short period of time, but I can just tell you briefly what I know about the the history of when the mill was running. The the original idea was to uh, go through the tailings at the Defender Mine, and for those local people who may have roamed around in the mining areas out there, uh, there's still a tipple out there for the Defender Mine. I think there was some disagreement with the owners of the Defender Mine, 
And so they started to go through tailings from other mines, and and eventually those kind of petered out, and they leased uh, a mine called the Maxine Elliott Mine. And even though it wasn't their original intention, they actually conducted mining operations there and used the ore from that mine for a little while. But that ore eventually proved to be uneconomic, and uh, so the mill closed in, 19, uh, in 1958. Mm-hmm. So it had a pretty short run. Yes, it did. And uh, Turner, uh, was that the original family or person that uh, built it? Yes, and I think the whole story of the Turner Mill is really one about the Turner family. The uh, patriarch of the family was uh, named Harry Turner. His dates were uh, 1882 to uh, 1967, and he and his family moved to different places in the West to uh, build mills and or run machine shops that uh, catered to the mining industry. His first venture, and I think the venture that gave him the idea, started in uh, Basin, Montana, and and that was in 1917. And it was called the Pilgrim Mining Company, and they bought a mine called the Comet Mine. And they had heard about the differential flotation process, which was actually started in Australia. And anyway, I think he probably was involved in building the mill. So he completed that job, and I think that was quite successful. Again, they were going through tailings there. They weren't, they weren't mining. The next venture that he got involved with was uh, over in Bonanza, Colorado, which is just over the mountains from here. And he built a mill there called the Cucamonga Mill. And uh, I think uh, for that particular mill, he was actually one of the investors, and I think he got a partner, and they built the Cucamonga Mill and ran that for a few years. And from there, he moved with his family to uh, Victor, Colorado, where they set up a machine shop, what I would call a 19th century machine shop. And we have the records for a lot of the machines that he purchased. And the the simple way to say it is these were machines that were purchased used in the 1920s. So (laughs) some of them date to the 19th century. (laughs) And from Victor, Colorado, he moved to just outside Pueblo, Colorado, where they started a machine shop. And again, made their living doing general machine work. And meanwhile, they spent some time sort of prospecting out here in the Hardscrabble area and decided to build a mill on the site of uh, uh, another mill, which was called the Silvercliff Mill, and that was torn down in, in the 1930s. And, that's, and they started uh, on the project in 1952. So let's talk a little bit about the, the building and, and what's in there. If you walk through the doors, is it reminiscent of what one would have seen in the 50s? Um, I think flotation mills were still fairly rare there, at least this type of flotation mill. And uh, there are two buildings out there. One building houses the machine shop, and uh, there's nothing connected really with mining in the machine shop. And then the main building contains all the mining uh, equipment, and that is a process that really is done in in three parts. Uh, The ore comes in, it's crushed, and then it's ground into a fine dust about like powder. It's mixed with chemicals, and then it is put into flotation tanks, which agitate the slurry, and it also has bubbling additives that cause bubbles to form on the surface, and the process, the chemicals make the uh, particles of metal hydrophilic so that they attach themselves to the bubbles on the top, and then the uh, waste is drained off the bottom, and the refined ore is skimmed off the top. 
Now, it's been a few years since I was out there looking at this, but when I was over there, I was, I was taken back about how ingenious the whole thing seemed. There, were, there was even a hint of Rube Goldberg in the, in the design to me. Well, absolutely. I think <laughs> that uh, I think your observations are very accurate. And they certainly were people that I don't think had a lot of money to invest. So, but because of their many years in the uh, associated with the mining business, they acquired a lot of some people would call it junk. Uh, some people would <laughs> call it interesting items with which to build the uh, mill. So, one of the unique things about the mill and why I think it's historically interesting is the fact that they built everything. And there were parts of the, many parts of the mill that, like, for example, the crusher, that were commercially available, but they built their own crusher. There was something called a Chilean mill, and you could buy a Chilean mill, but they built it out of old railroad wheels. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll see a lot of uh, truck differentials, gearboxes, <laughs> and things that obviously have been scavenged because they still have paint, old paint on them. Mm-hmm. Now, are there other similar facilities around the state of Colorado that you know of? Yes, there was one right up uh, across from the Hillside Post Office, and now the name escapes me, but it's a famous old mine. It was never successful. It was one of those, I don't know if it was a scam, but uh, they always got seemed to get more investors to invest in it. And I've been up there, and it's a, it's a, it was a flotation mill. I don't think it ever operated, or if it did, for a very short period of time. Anyway, the... Uh, the Turner Mill is said to be the only small flotation mill like it in Colorado. So it does have some historical significance. Let's talk about what must be one of your favorite pieces, and that's the machine shop. I remember when I was visiting there, in particular, there was an old lathe that uh, seemed to have a lot of history. What all is in the machine shop? Well, uh, in the machine shop, there is a, a large lathe that's 14 feet long and uh, it has a 24 inch swing that means that you could put something in it that was 24 inches in diameter and that uh, that lathe <laughs> was made by a company called Putnam and there is a, uh, a shaper probably when I say shaper it's a mystery to most people it's kind of a planing device it has a reciprocating head and it's used to flatten off the top of a piece of metal and it's uh, that was made by Potter and Johnson and two last pieces, one of which I contributed, is a uh, Hendy lathe. It's a probably, I think it's Sursa 1912. And there, there's also a Becker horizontal milling machine that is there as well. And the reason I'm interested in these machines is that our whole society is based on the use of uh, machine tools, even today. They're not a large part of the GDP, but they're an essential part of of manufacturing. So everything that we have from dishwashers to cars to, to uh, guns and watches are have their origins with machine tools. Occasionally the Turner Mill is open for visitors. Any plans for, for that? Yes, we're, uh, we, don't, we don't have uh, any hours when we're open. We are available to open the mill by appointment to groups that are interested or even individuals that are interested. And every year we we have a, some groups that come through to see the mill, sometimes from out of town. Mm-hmm. So what's next uh, for the mill? Well, um, the mill is for sale because both Dick Sturmer and I, uh, Dick is my partner, are getting older and nobody in our families are interested in it. So uh, it is for sale, has been for sale. 
ideally, I would probably uh, stay with it in some way if we had a group of interested people to who perhaps like to operate machine tools and make things. You, you could make a lot of things out there. The machinery is old, but uh, if you know how to use it, you can do nice work with it. <laughs> so look for, uh, for Jim Cole, and he'll show you around the old Turner Mill. It's a fascinating uh, historical place, and it's a step back in time. That was my impression when I walked in there. It is. <laughs> the, the machine shop in particular is, uh, you know, it's basically a 19th century machine shop. Mm-hmm. We've been visiting with Jim Cole about the Turner Mill. Jim, thanks for stopping by Valley Views today. Well, thank you very much for having me, Gary. An interesting piece of local valley history. My name's Gary. We'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 